Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. Good morning. Are you guys excited to be here this morning? All right, man, it's been good to worship. Let's give God some praise this morning. You guys excited? Woo! Man, I tell you what, uh, you guys have a fantastic praise team, tech team, staff at this church. I, I know you know that, but uh, man, just fantastic folks. My name is Ron Kanzler, and I'm one of the pastors over at Crossroads Church. Um, if you don't know the history, then uh, about 32 years ago, there was a group that uh, had a vision for planting a church here in, in Coweta County, and, and Crossroads is that church. And so thank you. Thank you so much uh, for having the vision to do that. I'm here with my lovely wife, Melinda. Uh, we've been in this area, I guess, uh, almost two years. We, we have pastored, uh, I have pastored uh, in uh, Bartow County for about five years, and then before that I was in Hall County. I've uh, been a pastor for around 20 years, and man, it is super, uh, I'm super excited to be here with you this morning. And uh, hopefully you brought a copy of God's Word. And, and let's, let's don't forget, so you, those of you online, we are super glad you're here as well. Uh, just uh, to take the time to, to worship uh, God's Word. And so this morning we're going to be uh, in First Peter. First Peter. So if grab your Bible and uh, be turning to First Peter, or if you have it on your phone or uh, wherever you have it, uh, we're going to want to take a look at that this morning uh, as well. And so, uh, man, just really excited to be able to, to share something with you as I begin to pray about what it is that uh, God would have me to share with, with you and actually with me uh, this week as we, um, as we think about uh, being together to, to worship. Um, and I don't know, I just uh, begin to think about uh, what could I share in light of everything that's gone on this past year and, and everything that uh, even as we start into this new year. Uh, and I landed on a verse, really, that uh, is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It encourages me often. And so we're going to, uh, to land on one verse today. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, kind of be looking at some other ones as well. But this morning we're going to be in the book of First Peter. First Peter chapter 1. And we're going to land on verse 3. And we're going to kind of unpack this uh, over the next few minutes. And I hope you'll take some notes. Uh, and so um, hopefully you have a chance to get that. I'm going to start reading it. It'll be on the screen as well. Here's what it says. Peter, uh, one of the apostles of Jesus, writing to a group of people who have gone through a hard time, who are uh, dispersed through some of the providences of Rome. They've gone, their life is not what they expected. He wants to encourage them with some truth. And here's what he says. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. And I don't know if you're someone who writes in your Bible. It's okay if you don't. But uh, underline living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So today we're going to be looking at this idea of hope. And I don't know about you, as I've, I think back over the last year, even in my own life, there have been times that uh, I have struggled with having uh, some hope. One of my responsibilities at uh, Crossroads Church is to uh, kind of head up our global initiative around the world, and, and things were going great. We were in all different parts of the world, and we were beginning to see disciples made and mission trips going, and then around February of March last year, you kind of remember, it's been a, been a while, right? Hard to believe it's been a year. But uh, I'm in the Republic of Georgia with a team, and uh, we get a message from home that says, the country is going to be shut down on Thursday. I'm immediately like, so what does that mean, right? 
so, so I called the consulate there, and they're like, no, 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 you can, you can make it home. You just need to get on a plane as quick as possible and get back into the country. And, and so they jam all of us into planes, and, and of course, I'm looking around on the plane. You can imagine, I'm looking, I'm going, there's no way I'm not catching COVID. Like, it's just, you know, it's nearly impossible. And so we get back to the United States, and I get home, and, and of course, you know, jet lag sets in, and it's being uncertain, I, my wife, she, I said, just go, don't, don't be there when I get back, and I'll, you know, I, I think I'll be fine, but literally a week later, I find myself with, you know, shortness of breath, and maybe some of you have experienced some of these th- same things, and, and I get to the point where I said, you know, I probably need to go to the hospital, but I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it was a hopeless time. I mean, I'm starting to think, like, man, what is happening here? What, a very sick person, and I, so I I, I drive myself to the hospital. I'll be honest with you. I remember back then, it's, it's, it's different now, but uh, it's almost like they didn't want you to come to the hospital. You kind of remember that? And, and so I, I thought to myself, when I show up at the hospital, what are they going to do? Are they going to tase me and drag me in? I don't know what, what's going to happen. So I, I go in and I, I tell them that I think I might have COVID. And they, of course, take my temperature and they put me in a room. And eventually I end up in a, a hospital room. Uh, and, and because they don't know that I have, whether I have COVID or not, they put me in a room, and they're just observing me and give me all kinds of medicine. But, but uh, fortunately, I began to improve. And so they, they came to me, and they said, Ron, we're going to send you home. We don't know if you have COVID yet, but we're going we're gonna to send you home because you're, uh, you're improving. And so I, I just think to this whole, you know, now it's kind of, it's not funny, but it's interesting to, to look back because I, I just remember thinking, man, what, God, I was... I was on your journey, right? I was doing your work, and here I am now in the hospital. And to make matters worse, when they told me they were going to discharge me, they came in with all of their protective stuff on. They put me in a wheelchair. Now, keep in mind, this was a year ago. They threw a sheet on me. And they just wrapped me up in a sheet with a mask, and all it was showing was my face. And they wheeled me through the hospital. Can you picture this? I mean, I don't know if you've seen the movie E.T., where E.T.'s on the front of a bike. I look just like this, you know, picture of, uh, and so I get through the hospital. I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy. And so they take me out to the curb, and they're like, who's going to pick you up? And I'm like, well, uh, I drove myself. And they're like, well, good luck to you. And they just hand me the sheet, and I head on my way. And I just remember thinking, man, God, what, what is happening? You know, it seems like the world is kind of, coming unglued. And it was verses like this that I would go back to in those moments where it just seemed like everything was falling apart. And I would, I would begin to kind of notice something in this verse. And if you look back, it says this, that God has given us something. It's like God wants to give us something. It is something called hope, really a, a living hope. And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that more as we go. But the truth is, maybe Maybe you've got a similar story to mine. Maybe it's not COVID, but, but maybe uh, even as a follower of Christ, you have chosen sometimes to kind of, kind of put your trust in other things. You see, the truth is, is that God has presents a gift, but it's our choice to receive that and make it part of our life. And so, you know, I, I've just listed four that we're going to talk about here, but there's more. But maybe you can relate to one of these in the past year, past month or maybe even the past week, but there are four places sometimes that we look for hope besides what Peter tells us in 1 Peter. And, and some of those places are money, right? 
don't know about you, but if, if my bank account's fat and my portfolio's diversified and, and things seem to be going well, many times I can take my eyes off of God and I can begin to put my faith uh, in money, in resources. But what's the problem with that? The problem is, is that things change, don't they? One bad decision, one job loss, one pandemic happens, and before you know it, that hope that you had, that, that security that you felt like was in money uh, is gone. And so just so we can maybe all kind of be on the same page here, who would admit that at least once in your life you've put some hope uh, in money for your security? Yeah. Truth is, probably all of us uh, can do that. And by the way, it's okay to raise your hand in church. I just wanted you to know that up front. And so uh, the truth is we can do that many times, but not just money. Sometimes we, we put our trust in health, don't we? I work out. I mean, I don't work out, but, but work out. And then ultimately you eat right and, and you begin to put your, you know, your trust. I'm a healthy person. Things are going well. Or, or maybe you're not someone who works out, but you feel pretty good. But then we know what happens, right? The unexpected. COVID or that phone call from the doctor or any number of things that suddenly the thing we put our trust in, our hope in, can change just like that. And so we don't want to put our hope in our health because we know if we've learned anything this past year, that that is a fragile thing. Amen? And so ultimately, we don't want to put our hope in that or our faith in that. But maybe it's for you, it's a relationship. Maybe you're like, you know, my, my marriage is good, my relationship with my kids are good, my relationship with my boss is good. Or maybe you're like, you know, I've, I, you know I, if I just met that one person, that one special person, my life would be complete. Nothing wrong with relationships. They're very, very important. But the truth is, is that relationships can change, right? Suddenly things aren't good at home with your kids, with your friends. You look on there and your friend has de- unfriended you on Facebook. You're like, oh my gosh, what, what is happening in my life? And so if we put our trust only in relationships, once again, we're putting something in our trust in something that man can change. And it's not always reliable. And so listen, we could go through a whole list of things. I'm not going to bore you with that. We could say we put our trust in the weather, but we know that's not something to put our trust in, right? Especially not in Georgia. One of the things that many times, especially in church, is that we put our trust in religion, don't we? And our relationship with God based upon a whole list of things that we think it's about. See, truth is, is that I think, well, if I just do it the right way, say it the right way, if I just give enough, if I just read enough, if I just do this, that ultimately God's going to be happy with me. The problem is, is that ultimately we can't always do those things well. And before you know it, if I just put my hope in trying to work hard to have a relationship with God, then ultimately I end up in a place of hopelessness. Because the truth is, you can find some joy in those things, but all of them are, are not constant. They're not lasting. And so as we think about this, the truth is, is that God is saying, I want to give you hope, but not just any hope. I want to give you living hope, living hope. You see, if we begin to put our trust in those things, then over time what can begin to happen, we can begin to have a shift in our lives, especially in our relationship with Christ. But really, even if you're not a follower of Christ, these things will begin to happen to you. And so some symptoms, and I want to share these with you today because the truth is, is that these have been in my life at given times, and perhaps some of you even today are experiencing hopelessness. Maybe you haven't really thought about what's happening 
in the middle of all that. And so here's the very first one. One of the symptoms of hopelessness is you begin to have some doubt. Some doubt begins to creep in. You begin to experience the, the, the uh, insecurities of the other things in your life, money, relationships, health, and even looking at church and religion. You begin to have some doubts about all that. And when life, when things begin to come into your life, it's, it's not uncommon that we even begin to question God a little bit and wonder, why is this happening to me? I can't speak for you, but there have been times in my life that has happened. But not just in mine. Here's the interesting thing. In the Old Testament, a man by the name of Job, many of us are familiar with, had this exact same question. Think about Job for a minute. Job had money, right? And he, if he had put his security in money, it was all gone. God allowed that to be taken out of his life. What about health? God allowed his health to, to go down to the point to where Job was sitting in a pile of ashes and literally scraping the sores on his body with pottery. What about family and relationships? God allowed in his life that he lost many people in his life in the midst of all that. And, and so ultimately we see that, that Job, just like us, can go through some tough times. And here's what Job says. Maybe you thought the same thing. Where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? That's just real life, isn't it? Maybe some of us are in that place today. You've been struggling. You've been doubting. You've been really wondering, what is this whole thing about? And God, what is happening in my life? And you know, when we begin to doubt, at least in my life, but I've seen it in others, we begin to doubt, but then we begin to drift a little bit, right? We begin to take our eyes off of God as like the source of our faith and our hope. We begin to drift one way or the other. And many times it's, it, it is kind of intentional. You just kind of decide, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm just going to check the box. I'm going to still show up at church, and I'm going to still go to my small group. But I'm just really checked out in the moment, and I'm not hearing from God. But most of the time, I think, it happens very unconsciously. You begin to drift away because life is beginning to crash in on all of us. And so when you think about that, it, 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 this picture of drifting. Now, do you guys remember way back in... 2019, and maybe in 2020, we used to go to the beach. You remember that? Uh, man, it was so long ago, right? They used to be open. Now, how many of you like to go to the beach? Most of you? Okay. Uh, just to get 100%, how many of you have seen a beach on TV? All right. Thank you for staying awake in church. All right, so we get 100%, all right? And so, so listen, as we, as we begin to think about this idea, I remember as a kid, you know, my parents would be on the beach, and I would go down and play in the waves, uh, and I would just be playing, 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 not paying attention. And so what happens over time? Do you guys remember you begin to what? To drift, don't you? What a great word. See, the truth is, is that my parents never moved, but I look up and I'm like, my parents left me. You know, where are they? No, they stayed the same place. I just slowly begin to drift in the current of sea. And the truth is, is that as the waves of life crash down on me and crash down on you, and we begin to doubt a little bit, we can begin to drift a little bit. Drift out of what we think is going to bring us hope. And ultimately what begins to happen there is we, we see in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, that Isaiah tells us that it happens to everybody. He says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And, and if you're a, a Bible scholar, the, the uh, Hebrew word for all there means all. Thank you. And so we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Every one of us, right? 
It says, each of us has turned to our own way. In other words, we begin to drift. And this is why he continues on and says this, and the Lord has laid on him, talking about Jesus, the iniquity of us all. You see, I don't know where you are today. I know in my life there have been times where I begin to doubt and I begin to drift. And I begin to move into hopelessness. Life is crashing down on me. And before you know it, I end up in really one of the most dangerous places we can be whether you're a follower of Christ or whether you're not, but you move into a place of despair. Despair is the opposite of hope. And so in, in despair, what does that mean? It means that you're ready to check out, right? You're just done. You're at a place in your life, and you're like, God, I'm just not sure I can take anymore. I just don't understand. And why is nothing going the way I wanted? And why did this person die? And why did this person get sick? And why did I lose my job? And all these things begin to happen. Before you know it, you just find yourself almost hopeless, and you want to check out. And the truth is, one of the saddest things about this pandemic is, is that suicide has been on the rise like no other time because a lot of people are just hopeless. They've drifted to a place of despair. And, but here's the good news, if there is good news in the midst of despair, is that, that we're not alone in this. That even as followers of Christ, we sometimes can fall into this. The Apostle Paul, God's man, God's missionary. Here's what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the trouble we experienced in the providence of Asia. He says, We were under great pressure far beyond our ability. Do you realize many times God will allow things in our life that are greater than our ability? I think somewhere along the way the church has given a lie that somehow God won't give us something more than we can bear. It's not true. Now it's not more than he can bear, but many times it's more than we can bear. And here's what, here's what Paul says. It's an amazing thing. He says, so that we what? Despaired of life. At some point in Paul's ministry, something happened in his life, and he's writing back to God, and he's saying, listen, he's saying, brothers and sisters, we reached a place where we just thought it'd be better to not be here. Despair. The truth is, Peter reminds us that God has given us a gift. He wants us to receive something. He wants us to have hope. In our lives, but the truth is, I can't make you receive that, just like you can't make me receive that. It's something we have to choose to do, and that's what I hope happens today is that we get a chance to choose because that's what God wants is for all of us to have hope. Because the truth is, we're all either going through something or we're gonna go through something. And so, you're probably thinking, Hey, Pastor Ron, thank you for the encouraging word at church today. So I'm going to be a little more positive for you. I am positive that you are going to go through some tough times in your life. Is that better? But here's the good news. The good news is, is that in Jesus, and this is kind of a big idea for our talk today, that in Jesus, hope is not something we do. It is something that we have. It's not something we do. It's something that we have. And so what is hope? And so I hope you'll take some notes today or some mental notes or, or whatever it is, because the truth is, if you're not going through something, maybe everything's fine, but you might know somebody, or the truth is, is that there's going to come a time where you might begin to experience some of these things. And so here's the very first one. We've already been talking about it, is that hope is something that we have. Read again with me in 1 Peter 1, 3. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has what? Given us. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter reminds us God is giving us hope. He's giving us something, a living hope. But I love what the writer of Hebrews says. He elaborates on this idea of hope and what it is and that it's something we have. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, the first part, it says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And I love this last part. Firm and secure. The writer in Hebrews uses a picture of an anchor. This idea that it is firm and it is secure. And so the truth is, is that when we open up this gift that God has given, it can, it can help us to have security and firmness in our life because of this picture that the Hebrew writer talks about, about being an anchor. And so I don't know how many of you in here are, are boating folks, but the truth is we've probably all seen like this picture here of, of what an anchor looks like, Right? And we understand the, the concept, right? You, you throw it overboard, and you, you need to hold on to the rope, and so you don't want to do that. But you, uh, you throw it overboard, you hang on to the rope. But here's what's interesting about um, this anchor. This one might be a little heavier, but some of the ones you might buy at your local uh, maybe boating supply place would be probably between 8 to 10 pounds. And here's what experts say. They say that an 8 to 10 pound anchor can hold secure a boat that is 3,000 pounds. Is, is it just me or is that, I, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. How could something 10 pounds stop and hold something that's 3,000 pounds? You see, in my mind, that, that doesn't necessarily compute. That doesn't necessarily make sense. But here's what, here's what hope is. Here's what God is telling us, is that ultimately hope is an anchor for our soul. It is what keeps us firm and secure. And even though sometimes in our mind we may not understand how it all works, we can see and believe and know that the impossible, what seems impossible, is possible. You need to know today that maybe you might feel hopeless or you're starting to drift or some despair. You need to know that God's Word says this, that you can have security and hope in God. You can begin to, to feel the, the effects of that anchor that is taking place in your life. And so the truth is, is that the, the writer in Hebrew says this, is that we can have hope for today. It is a gift. It is something tangible that we can have. It's something that God is giving to us. But here's the truth. And this is what Peter also writes about uh, as he's writing to his believers in 1 Peter. That not only does God give us hope for today but he gives us hope for eternity. That no matter what your circumstances are, that no matter what's going, and even if someone takes your life, what Peter says in, in another part of 1 Peter, he says that we, he calls them exiles. He calls them sojourners. You, depending on what your trial is, your, your translation is, here's what he's saying. This is not our home. As followers of Christ, we are here for a period of time, but we can have a living hope. Here's what Titus says in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, about this very thing. He says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is Jesus known? And what's his title for when he comes back in the clouds to receive his church? He's known as what? The blessed hope. A hope for eternity. See, the truth is, is that even 
for those that have maybe have succumbed to COVID or other sickness or cancer and all those things, as followers of Christ, we, we have hope for them, right? There's a living hope. We know that they are with God now. And we know that one day we don't have to hope we'll see them. Guess what? As followers of Christ, we will see them again. You see, what is hope? Hope is something that we, that we have. It's not something that we do. It is something that we have. But here's what hope is not. Hope is not just wishful thinking. It's not just positive thinking. It's not just, you know, trying to think positive and ignoring the pain and sweeping it under the carpet. You see, hope is not wishing. For example, it's not wishing like, I wish when I get home, there's going to be a brand new convertible in my parking, in my driveway. I mean, I can, I can hope, right? There's, there's not going to be, right? Okay, I just want to double check. So, so, I mean, I can hope and I can wish and, and all those things, but it's, that's just kind of wishful thinking. Hope is not wishing that the Falcons will go back to the Super Bowl and win it. That is wishful thinking, amen? It's painful. Still hurts, by the way. Still hurts. This is not what Peter is talking about. This is not what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Hope is not wishful thinking, not positive thinking, ignoring the hurts. You see, I, I read across a story kind of thinking about this idea of things that don't really match up with what they're talking about when it comes to hope. And I read across a story about a guy that he walked into a, uh, a, a store and inside the, the grocery store he saw this thing that said, lost dog, please help find. And, and so it gave a list of what the dog uh, looked like. And it said this, it said, uh, uh, please look for a dog that is blind in the right eye, uh, an ear torn off, missing a leg, and a broken tail, and goes by the name Lucky. So no matter how much wishful thinking, no matter what's going on, that dog is not what? He's not Lucky, is he? That's exactly what hope is. It is not just wishful thinking, hoping that things are going to get better. No, no, no. God's Word tells us that hope is something anchored to something real. What we hope for is not wishful thinking. Back in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this again. It says that, uh, that in His great mercy, He has given us what? New birth. God has given us something tangible that when we accepted Christ, something changed inside of us. Our dead spirit came alive to God. And in that moment, it says that what was birthed and what was produced in us was not just hope, not just wishful thinking, but living hope. Living hope. The truth is, is that it is anchored to something real, not just positive thinking. It is an intangible thing, but it has a very tangible force. You see, hope requires that we kind of embrace something that we cannot see. You see, when I came to faith in Christ, I, I couldn't see the change in my life. I didn't see the Holy Spirit come into my life, but I began to experience the effects of faith in my life. And so what happens in many times is we, once again, go, go back to this idea of the anchor, that hope is an anchor for my soul. I mean, think again, as we look at the picture You've got the, the person about to throw it over, and, and so they, they have a rope, and they throw it over the edge. And what happens? You see the anchor, and then it slowly disappears into the water, right? 
The boat is still moving, but you can't see the anchor anymore. But suddenly what happens? It tugs, doesn't it? That suddenly something that you cannot see anymore, you can't see what it's hanging on to, you can't see what's happening, but you feel the effects of it. That suddenly this anchor that you once held in your hand that suddenly disappeared is now on the bottom securing your boat from certain disaster, from heading into the rocks. And so hope is is something that is not just wishful thinking, it is anchored. But the truth is, many times we, we just can't put our hands on hope, but it is something we have because we feel the effects of what is taking place. I remember this past summer, we went to stay at a friend's home that was, you know, because it was nice and safe, and it was in Cape San Blast. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Cape San Blast, but there's a bay on one side, an ocean on the other, and I took a kayak out into the bay, and you can kind of see the bottom, but it's kind of murky too, and they had this little tiny anchor. And I remember I did not want to drift over into this really scary part, so I threw the anchor out, and once again, I could not see it. And I'm hanging on to that rope, and then suddenly, right before I get to the reeds, it pulls me. It stops me, and I'm able to kind of pull myself back into the, the safe zone. This is the picture that we get when we think about that hope is an anchor, that faith and hope work together. You see, you cannot see hope, but just like the wind, we feel the effects, and then hope has a hold on us, begins to hang on to us. We read this again in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, the truth is, is that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we receive that forgiveness, when God begins to come and live in our hearts, and we experience what Peter talks here about living hope, that we receive that gift of living hope that, that uh, Christ died and rose again for. In that moment, like I said, we can't see it, but we begin to experience it. And the Hebrew writer says it like this, that we can have confidence in what we hope for. We don't have to wonder, is it real? We feel the effects. We know it's holding in that moment, and we can have assurance in what we don't see. You see, many times people will say, ah, Christianity, it's made up of a bunch of myths. It's just wishful thinking. It's, it's a whole collection of stories about things that just a crutch to make people feel well. Maybe you've never heard those things, but I have. But here's what, here's what maybe they don't know, is that this book that God has given us describes things in history and archaeological digs and, and the history of who Jesus is. This is the most well-documented book in all of history. We're going to celebrate Easter in just a few weeks coming up in the weeks ahead, and we're going to celebrate one of the most documented things in history. Do you realize every time somebody refers to 2021, they declare that there was some a major event that took place in the birth of Jesus Christ? He literally split time in half. You see, the truth is, is that when we begin to, to drift and to doubt and to all those things, but the writer of Hebrews says this, he says, we can have hope and assurance and know that what we believe is true. That though we may not be able to see it all the time, we feel the effects in our life of what hope and what faith bring to our lives. But, but even in Jesus' time, there were those that doubted. 
In John chapter 20, verse 27 through 29, this is what it says. It says, then he said to Thomas, talking about Jesus, he says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my, my side. And maybe somebody here needs to hear the next words of Jesus. Stop doubting and believe. But then Jesus goes on, and after, after Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus makes this incredible statement. This is such an encouragement to me because it talks about what we're talking about today. He says, And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But then he talks about you and me, and here's what he says. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. In other words, Jesus says this. He says, you, you, can't phys- you never physically saw me, but here's what you need to know. You can put your faith and trust in what I have done for you on the cross. You can put your faith and your hope and know that your anchor in me will hold you in the midst of that storm. And it's not about your circumstances. It is about the next thing that we're going to talk about. And here's what it is, is that hope is found in a relationship with God. You see, living hope is, once again, not this wishful thinking. It's, it's not something that's just out there. It's literally what he says. It's something we can have, and it's found in God. Back in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we, we see once again, he talks about giving us new birth into a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The foundation of everything we believe. As Paul would say, That if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then we are all hopeless. That what we were doing makes no sense at all. But the truth is, is that we know Jesus rose from the dead. We know that it says over 500 people saw him. And then he appeared to his brother. We know that Jesus did what he said he was going to do and die for our sins and rise again. And so the truth is, when we think about this anchor of hope that we've been talking about, this living hope, and the anchor is down in the water and you can't see it, and it's faith and you're hanging on. The truth is, is that that relationship between the anchor and you is only as good as what is connecting it, right? We put our faith in all kinds of things we try to anchor into, like money, relationships, health. But guess what? Those connections are not good, are they? That rope can snap at any moment. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what God's Word says, is that ultimately that relationship, when I said yes to Christ and you said yes to Christ and He came into my life and forgave me, guess what? He made me a part of His family. And it was only by what He did. My hope is not found in religion, which says, hey, do it right all the time. Say it right all the time. Pray a prayer, light a candle, do all those things. The truth is, is that my hope only comes from Jesus Christ because he is the part that anchors to my hope, and it is a part that is 100% secure. It is in that that hope can be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the truth is, is that religion has lied to us. That somewhere along the way, we thought that somehow we could make God love us more. We could somehow draw closer to God by our own effort. The truth is, is that our hope in this life, in the life after only comes through Jesus Christ. And so the truth is, many of us are followers of Christ here today. And maybe you're going through some of the things we've talked about. Maybe you're here today and you're, 
you've just been kind of checking the box for a while. Maybe you're not even sure that you've ever accepted Christ. Maybe you prayed a prayer when you were younger, but you just know in your heart of hearts that it's not legit. You feel this hopelessness. You feel this wondering. You feel all the things that are happening. But here's what I want you to get today. Here, here's God's message to all of us about hope. Peter tells us that we can have a living hope, not just hope that things get better, but a living hope in Christ. But here's what the writer of Romans, Paul, here's what he writes to the church. And this is what I want to give to you today as we, as we kind of come to a close, as we kind of end our time together. I want to encourage you with the words in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And this is God's message to all of us today. This is what you need to hear to encourage you to take a step back toward God, to, to begin to do it. Here's what he says. He says, may the God of what? Of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may what? Overflow with what? Hope by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see it all kind of come together? This picture of this anchor that you cannot see, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but we feel the effects of the wind. But we are connected to God through Jesus Christ. He is our anchor. And it is the thing that we feel in our lives that allows us to experience faith and hope and joy and to be overflowed even in the midst of circumstances that make no sense through the deaths of loved ones, through a, a pandemic, through whatever it is that comes next in our lives, we can realize that our hope is anchored to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And in doing so, we can stand in the midst of it all and have hope. God says, not just hope, but overflowing hope. And so as we have heard God's word and we want to respond. I know that if, if you've heard this, there's been many thoughts that have gone through your mind, but, but here, here's what I want you to hear today. Here's what I feel like God wanted me to, to share with you. Here's what God is saying. He's saying, come to or come back. If you're drifting, God's not mad at you. He's not angry. He loves you. He's saying, come back to me as your source of of hope in this life, a source of joy. Maybe some of you just need to come to God today. You've been trying all on your own effort. Today God's just saying, give up. Come and surrender. Just give it all to me. Quit trying so hard. But here's the truth. Some of you, possibly, whether you're online or whether you're here, you're saying, there's no hope for me. I've done too much stuff. I've drifted too far away. I'm just ready to check out. And I just don't know if God would really be willing to take me back. As you think about that, I, I ran across a story. And this story was out of uh, Seattle, Washington. And, and this idea that God has given us a gift kind of made me think about it. And, and this particular person had inherited a house from their grandfather and, and they were cleaning out the attic and, and they found a box and it was, it was actually under a part of the roof that was, had, had a hole in it. And so water was coming in and it, you know, just boxes are soaked. And he opens up the box and inside of it is a box of suits. 
So he picks up one particular suit, and, and it's just, you know, it's moldy, it smells, it's, it's wet, and, and it's just, uh, just in a bad place. And so he looks inside uh, the suit, uh, and ultimately he sees that it's, it's made in, from Nord, Nordstrom's. I don't know if you know this or not, but Nordstrom's has a pretty amazing return policy. And so he reaches in the pocket and he realizes that the, the receipt, I mean, this thing is literally like 60 years old, 50, 60 years old. And he has the original receipt. Well, Nordstrom's, if you have the original receipt, their policy is they'll take your suit back. They'll take whatever back. And so he begins to think to himself, I'm, I'm going to see if they'll take this back. So he loads the suit up. He heads down to Nordstrom's. I mean, it's just nasty, wet, molding. He's waiting in line. And so you can imagine, he's thinking, what, what is this guy going to say to me when I bring this suit? What, what is he, is he going to laugh? Is he going to tell me, get out of here, you got to be kidding me? He said, but I want to know. So he takes the suit up to the Nordstrom's, you know, return center. He hands it to him, throws it out on the counter. The guy picks it up and looks at it and he looks at the receipt. He looks at the guy and here's what he said. What took you so long? What took you so long? See, sometimes I think that some of us think this is the way God sees us, right? But here's what I want to tell you. Is that if you're in a place that you've been struggling, God is saying, just come get before me. Turn your eyes back to me as your source of hope. Not just any hope, but your living hope. Man, I want you to have hope. This is what God is saying to us today. And so I'm going to ask you to, to close your eyes as we go into a time of response. And, and so maybe today you want to come and spend some time with God. Maybe everything's good with you and you're not, doing, you're not drifting, you're not in despair. But maybe you know somebody who is. Maybe today you can begin to pray for that person. But maybe today you're in a place in your life and things are going on that nobody else knows about. Only you and God. You want to spend some time with God right down here or in your seat, it doesn't matter. But God would say, what took you so long? Turn back to me. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, today could be the day that you receive the greatest thing that can give you the greatest hope, a living hope. If you wanted to accept Christ into your life, here's what Jesus' own words. He said in Mark chapter 1, he said, For the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe. And that's exactly what God wants you to do, just from your heart to God, to say, God, I, I know I need you. God, I want to receive that free gift of salvation that you have promised us. I want hope, a living hope, for the days ahead. So I don't know what that is for you, but as the band plays and as we sing a song of response, spend some time with God. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read your word. And, God, I know for me I've been encouraged. God, my prayer is, is that others have been challenged or encouraged. Or, God, you've just confirmed some things in their life. We know your word does not come back void. God, we give this time to you. Let our hearts be open to hear from you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.